0: Morning. Every one of us has a faith story, and that story starts with the first time you believed in God. So, some of you here this morning are saved. Some of you here have given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've prayed a prayer. Maybe you've been following Him for several years. Maybe it's been 20 or 30 years that you've been following Jesus and you're a believer. And man, we applaud that and we're so grateful for you. But there may be others of you that are here this morning and you've never made that decision. You've just like never. Like, technically made that decision. You, you, maybe you come to church faithfully. Maybe you, you know, you're, you're, you're involved and you, you, you just, you, you're caught up with God's people. But maybe you just never made that decision. And if you're here today, we're happy that you're here. And we want to just give you an opportunity today to make that decision. Is that all right? Because we want you to make that decision. Because that's the first decision that every Christian has to make. It's, am I going to follow Jesus, or am I going to continue to follow myself and the world? Make sense? So I had this thought the other day, thinking about this series. I had this thought about first times. And that's the title of my message today is, The First Time. First times are are important. How many of you would agree? The first time you do something is very important. I was thinking about, who was the first guy or girl to fly. I mean, like, who was the first one? Most of you would say the Wright brothers, right? Wrong. They were not the first guys or people to fly. It was actually three guys much earlier who took a, who took a hot air balloon, tied a rope to it, and was actually so scared and unsure that they could, they could live once their feet left the ground that they actually sent animals up first. Come on, that's what animals are for, right? <laughs> they put, think about this, a big hot air balloon, basket on the bottom, they stick animals in there with a rope to it, and they let them up. Well, if the animals survive, then maybe we will. They pull it back down. Think about the anxiety. Think about the, the, the concerns. Think about the fears they were feeling. This is the first time somebody leaves the planet. Think about it the first time, how scary it was. The animals survived. And I'm sure they put the animals in there that they really didn't care for. And some of them were probably disappointed that the animals came back. Dang it. But then in, in 1783, three guys named Joseph, Jacques, and Jean engineered the first hot air balloon flight. Now, the Wright brothers were the first to fly in a plane. But they weren't the first to leave the ground. It's important. Later that year in, eight, in 1783, they launched the first flight without a rope tied to the balloon. Think about what they were feeling. Put yourself in that basket. Say goodbye to your wife before you get in that basket. It's like the last time. <laughs> Not sure if I'm coming back. It's the first time. Right. Now, today, fast forward to today, thousands or, or hundreds of years till today. we'll, we'll, we'll you get online. You could do this right here. I could stand right here and in about 10 minutes, book a flight to anywhere in the world and then go back with my sermon. And then when I get to the airport, I would walk myself up on the plane, find me a good, comfortable seat. Hopefully nobody sits next to me because their seats are so tight. We need some bigger planes. And, 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 and then I would, the plane would take, and I wouldn't even think about, I would be a little bit apprehensive just because I'm not like the best flyer there is. And I haven't done it a whole lot. But when I do, it's kind of like confidence, right? Technically, a plane is safer than a car. But the first time somebody left the ground, there was no confidence. Think about this. It was all hope. (laughs) There was nothing else. I bet they were looking at each other, man, I hope we make it. You think we'll make it? First times are important. First times are special. I think about the first time you, you took some steps as a baby. Remember that? No, you don't remember that. You was a baby. But think about your baby. When it took its first steps. How special, right? With Y today we get it with the phone. Yay. Think about the first words you ever spoke. How special that was. Whether it was dad dad or mama. It's usually dad dad. It's easier to say. Think about your first kiss. Never kissed someone like that before the exhilaration come on can, can I bring you back a little bit the, the excitement the anticipation will she kiss me back if I go in for the move come on guys you had you can act like you're tough but listen to me I know what went on in your head you were like oh god I hope she don't back away because if she back away that's the universal sign that she don't want to kiss me oh my and for you younger folks I'm trying to help you your first kiss was special First times are special. The first time you jumped off of something. The diving board? The house? (laughs) We used to jump off the house. Here's the cool thing about first times. They all require the same thing. They all require faith. They all require faith. So what is faith? Well, the Bible defines faith as in Hebrews 11, verse 1, which, by the way, Hebrews chapter 11 is, is known as the faith chapter. Hebrews 11, 1 says This faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. I'm going to read that again. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith is getting in a balloon that's never flown with man in it before and taking off from the ground with no safety nets. Faith is confidence in in what we hope for that it will actually happen. That's what faith is. It took faith to get married. Yeah, there was a lot of love, but there was a lot of faith too. Is she the right one? Is he the right one? Am I willing to spend the rest of my life with this person? Faith is the confidence. So what faith is confidence. I, I want to clear a few things up this morning. Faith is confidence. Faith is not hope. You can go around hoping until you're blue in the face, but nothing's really going to happen until you apply some faith to your hope. Come on, hope sets the stage for faith to push it in to happen. Hope and faith are two different things. Listen, I hope I'm going to get skinny. Faith is to push away the plate. Come on, somebody, know that I'm not going to die. Pray for my faith. I don't know why I said that. They're two different things. They're both good. Faith and hope are both good because you need to be hoping for something, right? You need to, you need to be hoping for something. You need to be hoping that, I mean, I'm hoping that my kids marry somebody great. I don't need no loose screws in the ma- in, in the family, right? I mean, we're not looking for monkeys in the family. We're not looking for circus clowns in the family. I, I want some civilized people in the family. So my hope is they marry Right? Faith is training them to look for the right person and being an example to them that they're going to follow my example. Right? You should be hoping for something. What are you hoping for? You hoping for some kind of financial thing? Are you hoping for a physical need? Are you hoping for an emotional need? Thing? Are, you focus, are you Are you hoping for a, a mental thing? I mean, what are you hoping for? Because you need to be hoping for something. If you have no hope, you're in real trouble. I'll say that again. If you have no hope, if you've lost your hope, you're in trouble. But when you get your hope back, you're going to need some faith to apply to it. Amen? So faith is Confidence. It's confidence. The first time they took a flight, there was no confidence. It was just hoping that it would go. It was, the faith was, we're going to step out. It's confidence. We've, we've done study. We researched. We did this. We, we sent the animals up. The animals came back. They built a little bit of confidence, right? But the first time builds confidence in you for the next time. This is making sense. So faith builds, or faith is confidence in that what we hope for will actually happen. By the way, you have more faith than you think. I'm going to prove it to you. Stand up for me real quick, please. I ask you kindly just to stand up. I know everybody's getting comfortable. Pastor, my seat just got warm. That's okay. Okay, now kindly sit back down. All right, one more time. Stand back up. Okay, now kindly sit back down. I'm saying kindly because I don't want you to mean mug me. Okay, you just exercised faith. Let me show you how. Number one, you listened to me. That took faith, right? Number two, you just put faith in four little legs. This is a one inch by one inch piece of metal. Now, for some of us, it doesn't take a lot of faith because you don't weigh much. For others of us, it takes a lot of faith when we sit in a chair. How many of you actually looked at the chair? Because I didn't see any of you do this. I didn't see anybody get up and go. I've never seen anybody walk in the church like that, like. I've never seen anybody do that. That's faith. You're confident that the chair held you up. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes a chair will let you down. <laughs> I'll never forget. We had an antique set, of a dining set one time. <laughs> and the chairs were antique. Never trust antiques. My, my aunt was laid up on the floor. <laughs> So was the chair. But you have more faith than you think. Faith is trusting God to do what you're hoping for, but don't yet have. Faith is not determined by what we can see, but by by what we know God can do. Go back to the verse. Faith is the confidence of what, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. It doesn't take faith if you can see it. If you can see it already, then it doesn't take faith. Faith is when you can't see it. Faith is when you're, you're believing God to save your marriage and you don't know how it's going to work out. You can't see it, but you can still trust what God can do in it. Faith is trusting that what God does is going to happen. That when God gets involved, the impossible can happen. Because you see, the more you can see into something, the less faith it requires. A million dollars in the bank doesn't build faith No, but pastor, it feels good. I I agree. When your trust is in God, it doesn't matter what you can or cannot see. Faith gives us assurance about what we can't see. So you've heard it said many times that seeing is believing. Yeah, seeing, I believe it when I see it. But faith is, I believe it even when I can't see it. Make sense? I don't know how God's going to fix this. I don't know how God's going to heal me. I don't know how God's going to set us free from this. I don't know how God's going to break this chain off of me. I don't know how God's going to heal my emotions. I don't know how God's going to heal my mind. I can't see it happening, but I'm trusting God that he's going to do it, that he's capable, number one, that he loves me, number two, enough to do it. And then number three, he's faithful in everything that he does. Right? Right? So number one, the first time. First point is the first time. I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus, the, de- the decision I made. I wasn't too far from here. I was at the ABC camp in Richard. I got saved in Richard. I don't know how I ended up back in Eunice, but I did. And I don't, I don't live but maybe four or five miles from the same camp that I was saved at. But that summer, I was interested in one-upping all the other guys trying to be the most macho guy at the camp. 12 years old, teenage boy, trying to one-up all the other guys and trying to impress impress the prettiest girls. That was my goal. That was my focus. That's why I went to camp because there was going to be girls from other churches that wasn't at our church. And the girls at other churches always look better than the girls at my own church. Right? Till the end of the week. Then you're kind of like... One night we're in a meeting, we're in a service and some guy, I don't even know who he is, gets up and preaches a message about Jesus and not even aware, not even looking for Jesus, all of a sudden my heart gets arrested And I realized that my life is empty without Jesus, that I'm void of all kinds of things because I don't have Jesus in my life. And I got invited to be in a relationship with Jesus that night. And at 12 years old, I surrendered my life to Jesus. I asked him to come into my heart, to take over my life, to be the Lord of my life. And I thanked him for saving me. And my life changed at 12 years old. That was my first time. All my buddies were there. We were trying to one-up each other. It was, it was almost looked down upon if you would go to the front. And listen, back in those days, we didn't, we didn't give a salvation call like raise your hand. Like everybody bow your head, close your eyes because somebody's going to raise their hand. We didn't do that. Is it you, if, you wasn't saved until you walked to the front. Come on, somebody. That's the old school way. Now, it doesn't really matter. Whether you're in your seat or you're walking to the front. But that's how we got so it, it. took So it took some dying to myself. It took some, what are my friends going to say? And I stepped out in faith and gave my life to Jesus. The best decision I've ever made in my life. Hands down will always be the best decision I've ever made. Second best decision is to marry Cheryl. that night i did not see jesus i did not see heaven that night i couldn't even see eternity that night i just believed you see in this first times are special ephesians 2 8 says this that god saved you by his grace when you believed it happens when you believe. It's at the point of believing that salvation happens. The Bible says in Romans that you need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. When you believe in your heart, is when you are saved. You are saved at the point of belief. But what I'm saying to you this morning is that it takes faith to trust a Jesus you've never met with an eternity that you're not there yet. Right? But there's something inside of you that longs for eternity. It longs for that that peace that comes knowing that I'm saved. Knowing that Jesus paid the price for my sins. There's something inside of you that should be longing for that. John 3.16, very foundational. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes, say everyone. Everyone is Everyone everyone can be saved. So when the devil tells you, you can't tell him to shut up. Everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You see, here's the amazing thing about God is that he initiates it all by giving us his son and the opportunity to believe in him. God initiated it. I wish I could tell you I was on a mission to find God. I was not. I was on a mission to impress girls. I found God, God found me and arrested my heart in the process. Amen? I know people got saved in a Kentucky Fried Chicken drive through line. Serious? (laughs) God presents the opportunity, but we have to believe. The hope is eternal life, life after this life in heaven. When we put our faith in in what Jesus did for us, we're giving him the right, or we were given the right to heaven. It's like you've been given access now to heaven. So at 12 years old, I became a member. I became a citizen. I became adopted into God's family. And my eternity, my eternal destination was heaven, not hell. Because hell is a real place and heaven is a real place. <laughs> Don't be naive. They're both very real and we will, both, we will spend eternity in one or the other. We get to make the choice, right? But it requires faith. Here's the cool thing about God and faith is that God always gives us something to step out on. Whether it's a promise, a sign, or a reminder of a previous faith step, God always gives us something to step out on. I think about Abraham, when God called Abraham to leave his family and go to a land that he would show him. He didn't even tell him where the land was. He says, Abraham, I want you to pack your stuff, get your people together, get your flocks together, and come on, I'm getting ready to show you a place. I want you to go to this place. Where, where's that place? Are we going to Bazil? No, no, no. I'm going to show you. Well, 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 not, which, I'll go right or left. Just, just start walking. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, what did God give him to step out on? A promise. God said, I will give you a land. I will bless you. If somebody messes with you, I'm going to take care of them for you. You just go to this place that I'm going to show you. You see, when we want to go somewhere, we plug in the destination in our GPS, right? Plug in the destination and hit go. And then depending on your preference, somebody talks to you. And they tell you what to do. Turn right. Turn left. Go here. But you already know what the destination is. Right? Abraham didn't even know what the destination was. He just knew that it was a place that God was going to show him. I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about Moses. God gave Moses something to step out on. God gave him a sign, a burning bush that did not consume it stayed burning it didn't die out and god spoke to him right there you see that sometimes though god doesn't give you a promise sometimes he doesn't give you a sign sometimes he just reminds you of what he did the last time and that's plenty enough for you to step out on this time is this making sense it's, it's, it's a previous faith step that gives you confidence for the next step. So what did Jesus do? He paid the price for our sins. We couldn't pay for it. He dealt with our sin by washing it away. Sin kept us from God. But when Jesus washed away our sin, it brought us back into a relationship with God. He did this by dying on the cross, being buried in the grave, and then raising from the grave. And by all of this, Jesus gives us spiritual life you got to understand this. Jesus didn't die to make bad people good. He died to make spiritually dead people spiritually alive. You're not saved because you're good. You're saved because you believe in what Jesus did for you. Amen? So number two, the first of many. The first of many steps. Romans 1.17 from the New King James Version says this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ... Is verse 16 and 17. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Watch this. For in it, in the gospel of Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed. Watch this. From faith to faith. Track with me. Come on, plug back in. Some of you look like you're dazed and confused. He says it's from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now watch this. My first step was there to lead me to the next step. Come on. We we get to know God from faith to faith, right? The first step is trusting God with salvation, giving my life to him. That's the first step. We were never intended to stay there. Praise God. You're saved. We're celebrating. All of heaven is rejoicing. Let's celebrate, but when the party's over with, let's get ready to take another step. That's called spiritual growth. It's called growing in your faith. It's going from faith to faith because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. You know what that means? That you're gonna live by faith one way or the other. <laughs> I, just, I just wanna let you know a little something. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're gonna have to live by faith. You're gonna have to follow him By faith. It's one faith to the next faith. My first step was salvation. The next step was to learn how to follow him. The third step was to learn how to trust him. The fourth step was to learn who he is. The fifth step was to learn to do what he says to do. And when I start doing it, when he says to stop doing something or start doing something, when I actually start that or stop that, that's a faith step. All right. If God tells you to quit smoking crack and you quit smoking crack, that's a face step. You'll never know that he can deliver you from crack until you stop smoking crack. (laughs) This is pretty simple, (laughs) right? Be kind to your wife. How do I do that? The first time is scary. It builds faith for the next time. Come on. You don't know that God can help you control your tongue and your attitude until you step out in it. It requires faith. The first step leads to the next step. So it's a first of many. We grow from faith step to faith step. The Bible in the the, the NLT translation says, it says, it says, you need faith from start to finish. So when you start this relationship with God, it requires faith. But to get all the way to the finish line, it's going to require more faith. Come on, track with me. Let me know you're getting it. Shake your head. Do something. Wink. I don't, something. Because when you, you sit there like this, I tend to preach long. Because I feel like you're not getting it. So we grow from one step to the next. Everybody understand that? Come on, practice with me. Yes. (laughs) We only get to know God better from one faith step to another. People say, man, I want to know God. I want to know God. I want to understand God. Listen to me. You can know God and understand God by reading the scriptures. That's one way to know God. More often than not, it's only a head knowledge of God. You actually get some experiential knowledge of God when you start to take the step. You never know that God can be a redeemer until you believe him to redeem something. You never know he's your provider until you believe him to provide something. You never know that he's the one who has the vision for your life and he holds your future in your hands until you step out into something that he's burned in your heart. Amen? Amen? You never know he's a healer until you step out in faith and trust God to heal you. You see this? There's a lot of benefits to faith. I get to know God. First John says that, the God, that Jesus gives us the understanding to know God. And, the, and, and what that means in the Greek is that we get, to, we get this opportunity to have experiential knowledge of God. It's having an experience together. Come on, tell me you're getting this. It's it's having experiences with God. It's like maybe the first time you tithe. For some people, that's a big deal to give 10% of their income back to God. And you gave it with your hands shaking the first time. But then God showed up and God did what his word says that he would do. And then all of a sudden you go, This stuff works. God's honest. If he says it, he can do it. Do you see the faith growing? Come on, somebody. You weren't put on this planet to just be saved. <laughs> you were put on this planet to receive salvation And to be given new spiritual life to turn around and reach a lost world that needs to be saved and given new life. Amen? Amen. That requires faith. Is this making sense? The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. How many of you say I like to please God? Okay, 50% of you. It says that it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, so let me give you five steps of a new believer. Just real quick. I just want to lay a foundation. This, this first message is real foundational and and we'll, we'll get going after on on the second message. Steps of a new believer. Here we are. You might want to write them down. Number one, know that you are forgiven. Know that you're forgiven. It takes faith to know that you're forgiven of your sins. It's what Jesus, it's believing that what Jesus did is complete. It's not incomplete, it's complete. The second step is prayer. You need to venture out into times of talking with God. This requires faith to pray. Because unfortunately, God's not sitting in front of you. (laughs) Right? It requires faith that he's even going to hear you. And I put as a side note on this one, prayer, venture out into times of talking with God, both casual, watch this, casual and structured. I'm just going to teach you something real quick. I pray casually and I pray structured. What does that mean, pastor? That means if I need something on the fly, Lord, I need this. If I feel an overwhelming presence of God, I go, Lord, thank you so much. I can talk to God at any moment, at any time, at any place. Okay? It's casual. It's like he's always here. The Bible says he's omnipresent. It means that he's always here. So you can pray casually. Then you need to pray structured. I would encourage you to have a prayer list of some things that you're believing God for, some things that you're hoping for. That you can apply your faith to. Pray for yourself. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your kids. Pray for their future spouse. Pray that God would save their virginity. Pray that God would keep all the bad influences away from them. If they got bad influences around them and you're not praying. Pray for your friends and your extended family. Pray for folks to get saved. Thank God for what he's done and what he's going to do. So both casual and structured. Number three, start a Bible reading plan. You can download an app on your phone called YouVersion. You might want to write that down. Or you can go to the Bible. Tip. Here's a free tip. Don't go to the Old Testament. Don't start at the beginning. You're going to fizzle out. Go about midways through to the book called Matthew, okay? Start in Matthew. Why? Because Matthew starts talking about Jesus, the one who saved you. You need to get to know the one who saved you. Start reading the New Testament or download a Uversion app and get a Bible reading plan there. The fourth step is fellowship. Join a life group. Invite another Christian to coffee and build relationships. You need other people in your life. Number five, journal your journey. (laughs) Writing your thoughts can be a powerful way to better understand what's going on. Sometimes I go back to my, I used to journal in my Bible, if I could show you. I've got, I used to have, it's not so much in this, but that's from 2010. I've got some other ones in here. Some scribble scratch all over. I got highlights, uh, things like that. You can't see that uh, like that. Yeah, you still can't see it. Um, Anyway, journal, write down. Sometimes I go back. This week I had a quiet time. You know what I did for my quiet time? I went back to my journal that I started this year and I started reading everything that God's done up until March. You know what that did for me? It built my faith. Because he's already answered prayers from January to March. You know what that does for me? That energizes me. It stirs up my faith. It gives me new hope. It gives me fresh energy. Come on. It gives me new belief. Lord, I believe you. Lord, that's true. Lord, I forgot you showed up for that. That silly little prayer I answered. You even even answered that prayer. Oh, my gosh. All right, last point, number three. Every step gets bigger and better. Every step gets bigger and better. You need to know this. Let's talk about Peter for a second. Peter's first step was to step out of the boat and follow after Jesus. That was his first step of faith. Remember the story. Jesus tells them to throw their nets on the other side. They do. They, they catch so much fish, the boat almost sinks. They come to the shore. Jesus says, hey, follow me. I'll make you fishes of men. The Bible says they drop their nets and they follow Jesus. That's, that's, a, that's a, a symbolism of salvation. They dropped everything. In other words, they made him now the Lord of their life. He dropped his livelihood. He dropped everything. You're now my Lord. I'm going to follow you. That was his very first step. Same step we'll all have to take. Peter's first step was to follow Jesus. His next step was to learn how to relate to Jesus. It was to learn how to know Jesus, how to follow Jesus. Unfortunately, when you make a decision to follow Jesus, you don't always know how. Right? Right? How many of you would agree with that? I don't always know how. That's why we have life groups and next step and all those things set up for you. Amen? And then Jesus, I mean, then Peter's next step was when Jesus sent him out to do things. He had to trust that what Jesus sent him out to do was going to happen and that he's going to be okay. And then Jesus gave him a new name. Think about this. Jesus gave Peter a new name. His name was Simon. He now calls him Peter, which means rock. And he tells Peter, watch this, he tells Peter, he says, your name's no longer Simon. It's now Peter, and which means rock, and now I'm going to build my church on you, bruh. It took faith to believe that. That was another step for Peter. Then Jesus died on the cross. He told him he was going to the cross. And Jesus even warned Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Oh, no, not me, bruh. Mm-mm. I ain't going to do that. Sure enough, he did. Think about the disciples when Jesus died on the cross. Man, I just left everything to follow this guy. Now he's gone? He's dead? Jesus had told them what was going to happen. They had to have faith to believe it. Three days he raises from the grave. Peter's next step was when Jesus was at the seashore again and he told him to throw his nets on the other side of the boat. It took faith for Peter to be back in a healthy relationship with Jesus once again. Then Jesus tells them to wait for the Holy Spirit to come, so they had to trust him with that. They had to go to Jerusalem, to an upper room, and wait there for the promise of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say wait three days. He didn't say wait six days. He didn't say wait three hours. He said just go wait. (laughs) How long? Just wait till it comes. How many of you hate that? (laughs) Be like, when I'm getting my check, whenever it comes. So they had to trust him with that. And by faith, Jesus built his church with those guys. You got to understand that Peter's confidence in God grew with every step so that when they wanted to take his life, he considered it a reward for his life to be taken for Christ. That's how much confidence Peter had in Jesus. How do we get to the point of first believing and and learning how to let go of our life and follow Jesus to the point where Peter was when they went to hang him on a cross? He said, oh, no, don't even hang me right side up. Hang me upside down. Because I'm not worthy to be hung like Jesus is. But considered it an honor to be hung for Christ. How do we get from the first step to that step? Every step of